You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 108, What are the Worst Mold Types? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, it's Memorial Day. Yes. The end of May is already here. Yeah, this year has zipped by. That's pretty crazy. Even, it's, it, we, we were talking about this before, even 2020 with the pandemic, which we're still kind of in, depending on who you ask, like, it was, it, it was kind of weird to me, I guess, because 2020 seemed like it drug on but then it seemed like it was gone before we knew it now 2021 we're literally halfway through the year so yeah exactly it's kind of crazy it is kind of crazy so in today's podcast episode we are talking about what are the worst mold types now when define worst in the in the context of this the types of mold you never want to see in your home and it could be mold types that we typically associate with negative health effects okay. if that makes sense so so there's certain molds like stachypotris and our listeners have heard us say this a lot of people call it black mold toxic mold but it's uh anytime we see stachybotrys, that's never it's never a good thing um now there's other mold types like penicillium aspergillus clotosporium ascospores there's just i could go on and on and on those are common mold types and for the most part, at certain levels, they're okay, but they can cause issues too. So uh, going back to what we talked about before, um, you know, we were talking about how you can't just send me air test results and I can go, yeah, that's good or no, that's bad. Like there's so much we need to know. And that's why, you know, for our listeners, we just want them to be able to say if they've done air testing, like, 
is there a certain mold type that we do not want to see versus are all the other ones good, if that makes sense? Absolutely. So my other question, though, is, is there ev- is there even such a thing as a good mold type? We have penicillin we take. Penicillium okay. is the, 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 the mold that we talk about. Um, of course, you know, penicillin's good. So I mean, we, that's what we take. That's true. Never looked at it that way. So there are molds that, that like, just like everything else, I think in life, there, there are things that, that we need to have to make life sustainable. But at a certain point, they're not good, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, that could be, we could refer that to people, chemicals, whatever. And so, so yeah, there are good molds up to a certain point. Um, but, when there, if I was to say there's a bad mold, the only one I would say is bad is Stachybotrys. Okay. And you know, all molds could be bad if 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 they're if it's a mold infestation, if it's due to water damage or whatnot. So to answer your question, there's a lot of molds that can be bad, but they can be good too. Absolutely. And I know in your book, The Mold Epidemic, you, you, you really go into detail about the different types of molds. So what are some of the common mold types? Uh, so, so the, the, what you were just asking, the different types of molds. So you're asking allergenic, toxigenic, yes. pathogenic. Yes. So mold types are classified in those three classes. Okay. Um, and I did the last two in the wrong order, but it doesn't really matter. But anyhow, allergenic meaning that, you know, it just triggers like allergy symptoms like hay fever. They can treat that with antihistamines, pathogenic, which can create an infection, and then toxigenic, which creates mycotoxins. Um, the other part of your question is, is what are the most common mold types? So we talked to pen- about penicillium. We call it penicillium. That's that's the fungi mold we talk about in air quality. That's what's used for penicillin. Um, and where does that fall? Like, is that a um, allergenic? Allergenic? Yeah. Yes. So so penicillium is an... Allergenic allerg- mold. Okay, gotcha. But okay. here's where it gets complex. Yeah. There are subspecies of penicillium that are known to create pathogens and mycotoxins. So then, it, then those strains of penicillium are also well. Those are they're, they they call it a, a, a I call it a species. Uh, I think microbiologists call it a genre or something. But the subspecies, yes, can depending on what subspecies type it is, can create a pathogen or mycotoxin. Ah, okay. So it kind of reminds me of the whole candida mold thing. Right. Where in many cases, different molds could be categorized in different places. Well, but yeah. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but candida can be classified as a mold and as a yeast. Okay. Or a fungi and a yeast. Okay. So it's... that That's a little bit different. What I'm saying with penicillium is... is that's what I mean by it, it can be bad um, because depending on the subspecies. And it can be bad not even based on the subspecies. We could say it's just allergenic. And people with underlying conditions, it can be very bad to them. 
Okay. They can have, they can go into, what's it called? Anaphylactic shock. Oh, yeah. Like, I think my brother's allergic to penicillin. So somebody who's allergic to penicillin. Penicillin, Like, it can kill them. They can can stop breathing. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That's why mold's so complex. Yeah. Um, And and that's why I say all molds can be bad. Yeah. I mean, even if it's just an allergenic mold. And it it brings us back to what we talked about a few episodes ago. That's why I can't just say, and I I won't say, and it's irritating, I guess, for me when I do consultations. And I, you know, when we do a consultation, I get all the information I can from my clients. And... Uh, it's very helpful if they've done air testing and blood work because I can look at all of it. And when I see, and I've seen it, when I, when I see a mold specialist who's same specialty I am that writes down on paper, there are no concerns due to the air tests. I'm like, how the, how did you know that? Yeah. Like, you don't know, you don't know that. You didn't, you didn't gather any other information. Like, you didn't do, you didn't get any of the health history of the people in the home. Like just, it's just so, it's a waste of money, I think, in my opinion. But anyhow, that's why it's so complex. So I don't want every, I don't want our listeners to think, well, Steve's saying every, it's so general. Anybody can say, well, all molds can be bad. Well, I'm just saying that at certain levels, they can be bad. Okay. And to certain people at, at normal levels, what we would, I would look at as normal could like you said with your brother. I mean yeah. people carry those the the EpiPens around because nuts or you know, penicillin can cause like they stop breathing. Them. Yeah. Yep. No, that makes sense. So then penicillium is an allergenic mold. What about aspergillus? It is so <laughs> I know this is gonna sound crazy, but for the most part, all molds are most molds, I shouldn't say all, most are known, they're, they're classified in more than one category. Ah, uh, okay. They they're look, all, they yeah. could all be called al- allergenic. Okay. So most molds are allergenic right. in nature. Right. But some molds, like there are some molds, and I don't know what type, I didn't do that research for this podcast, that are not known to produce mycotoxins. So does aspergillus, is it known to produce mycotoxins? Yes, it, yes, it is. Okay. Yep. And, and we see aspergillus, we see a lot with water damage. Ah, okay. So and why is that? It's from whatever's in the building materials. Oh, okay. Th- those are the the mold spores that, that, that more or less are put off from, let's say, wet carpet or... And wasn't it, I can't remember whether it was toxic mold in my old home or one of your books, you did talk about the fact that the building materials we use today in homes lend themselves more easily to issues that lead to mold than let's say how they built homes and foundations in 1900. Right. We, um, I think a good way to compare this is, is the foods we eat these days. Gotcha. They put so much stuff into it. So much, so many chemicals. And I think for the most part, so, so great example could be, um, asbestos. Asbestos, and it's still used in a lot of in a lot of materials, just not at a level where it can cause cancer. But asbestos back in the, and I think I talk about it in the mold epidemic. But back in I believe like the forties, they they discovered asbestos and they they used them in brake pads and they used them in 
shingles and siding and insulation and tile. And I mean, just like it was a great component to use in all these things. And then they found out that it causes mesothelioma, which is lung cancer. And so it's very similar to, to what we're talking about, like with food and with building materials is there are things like, I, I don't know if our listeners have heard of, and I'm, I'll ask you this. Did you ever hear of the Chinese sheetrock? Yes, because it's in one of your books. Oh, well, that's not <laughs> fair. But for our listeners, um, and I can't remember if it was the early 2000s, um, the Chinese started making sheetrock at a lot lower cost than we were making it here. And they were shipping a bunch of it here, and it had chemicals in it that were, weren't were good. Yeah. And it literally, like, it was making water pipes in a home become a different color. Like, it just wasn't good. And I don't know if there's too much sulfur in it. I don't. I wrote about it, and I can't even remember. I did my research when I wrote about it. But there was some sort of chemical that was in it. But anyhow, um, it wasn't good. And it's very similar to our building materials these days, like with sheetrock. I mean, yeah. there's gypsum in it and whatever other chemicals, uh, insulation, the same thing. So with, with our building materials, we're, we're, we're trying to become, I'm not sure of the right term I want to use, but e- efficient. But on the other hand, we're, we're compromising our air quality exactly. to do, to get there. Gotcha. Kind of like food. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before. There, there, like, there's just so much crap that in processed foods and I mean everything and everything, plastics, all kinds of things right. that we use now that are just not good for our bodies. Period. Yep. yep. And you know, like with plastics, it reminds me of VOCs, um, volatile organic compounds, and those can be from. From building materials, paints, perfumes, um, any house cleaning chemicals, like we're getting to a point where it it's not healthy for us as humans, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's why we're finding, in my opinion, a lot more problems with mold on top of not just building materials, but how tight homes are sealed. Exactly. I mean, we you know we don't live obviously like our cave people ancestors did i mean all they had to worry about was smoke from the fire in a cave that's true and then even after that you know homes were built where you know like a a teepee where the air could just be circulated outside we don't have that for the most part no we don't everything's got to be circulated literally through a half inch filter you have on your your air handler on your hvac systems yeah that's true it's kind of crazy if you think about it it is it's definitely crazy. So going back to these, these common mold types. So penicillium can uh, create mycotoxins. Yes. Aspergillus can create mycotoxins. Now, Clodosporium is one of the common mold types. Can that create? Yes. Oh, it can. So most okay. of them, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's a very, very few. And when they reported it, they reported as not known to produce mycotoxins. So that kind of leaves the door open. Okay. But I, I would say that many and most mold types could be all three. Okay. Allergenic, pathogenic, and toxic. Now, stachybotrys, though, that's the black mold that most people associate yes. is 
Does that always produce? Is that a mycotoxin? Does it always? Oh, it is. Okay. It does, but that doesn't mean it's always going to make you sick. Gotcha. Meaning you could tolerate it. Maybe I couldn't or vice versa. Okay. So the stachybotrys, going back to what we're talking about, when we run air tests, no matter what, and and, and we've, we've talked about this before, there's no pass or fail to air testing per se. But if, if I do air testing and they're stachybotrys and even our clients are not getting sick, there's, we can't find any water damage. If, you know, we do a full mold inspection, everything looks good. If there's stachybotrys that comes up, there, there's something going on somewhere in that home. Okay. We just can't find it. Okay. But that, that's one that just no matter what, when we see that, there's we know there's something going on. And it could be as simple as your air ducts need to be cleaned. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have a major mold infestation, but it's it's not a common mold type that should be inside a home. And so whenever you see stachybotrys, then would you consider that anytime stachybotrys is there, it's a bad mold. It's a it's a fail, yes. Okay. Okay. We so. we can't so so for our listeners, obviously you know, like when we do mold mitigation, we can't charge somebody $30,000 for mold mitigation and then, you know, not do air testing to make sure the air quality is good. When we do the air testing and if we come up with stachybotrys, it fails. Gotcha. And the mold mitigation side of things, we there's there's something that it's not that we missed it, but there's there's mold somewhere we're not we're not finding, which, like I said, it. I don't want to get into all that, but in mold mitigation, when we run air testing, we do the air testing inside the containment. Correct. And inside that containment, we we haven't tore everything out, but a majority of things. So let's just say the ceiling didn't come out, and we go, hey, we might have to pull out the ceiling because of that stachybotrys. Correct, because mold is the gift that keeps giving. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, like I said, getting into the mold mitigation side, we never do a job where we go in and we go, okay, there's this mold right here next to the shower and this tub. This is all we need to do. And we cut it out and that's all there is. Yeah. It's always worse. Always worse. Uh, there, it's always more. So, and I'm assuming that's why when people look at especially older homes to buy and, and they walk in with a realtor and they see black mold on the walls, they run mm-hmm. because they know not only is that going to cost a lot of money to handle, but that's only what they're seeing. Who knows what's behind the wall, exactly. under the floors. Okay, I see. Yeah, it's, and I, I've talked about this before. If I can visibly see it on the visible side of the wall, it's, for the most part, and not always, but for the most part, it, it's going to be behind that wall. Okay. For the most part, be, there are situations where it, it's 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 all only on the visible side, which is rare. But it, it 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 if you can visibly see it, there's probably a lot more going on on the wall studs, the subflooring, the attic above it. Get it's a rare occasion to see what like you're saying. Absolutely. But it's just on the on the wall yeah. itself. That's yeah. that's rare. So then, given given all of that information, what's your call to action for people? Well, talking about you know mold being good and bad, don't just assume that mold isn't making you sick, and don't assume that it is making you sick. Okay. And my whole point behind that is is you have to look into it further. 
just because there's a trace of stachybotrys doesn't mean that's the problem why you have headaches all the time. Yeah. And it, we've talked, we, we talk about it quite often. We talked about it a few episodes ago. Like there's a lot more to the whole mold situation, your home and your health. You need to look, look into it further. Absolutely. Which is why things like your mold investigation checklist comes in handy. Yes. It helps you start to do that CSI investigation. Exactly. Um, and people can sign up for free and get that mold investigation checklist by going to cnccontractorservices.com. Bottom of the page, they can click, put their name and email and get that checklist. Right. And it's all you're doing is signing up for bi-weekly emails. I don't blow up your emails. Our listeners that are on that list, it it's one small, well, I guess all the emails are one page. They're just really short or really long. It's fairly short. It's only every two weeks. You can, you know, if you ever want to opt out, you can. But it, we give you just good information, a little more condensed than what we talk about in a podcast. So, yeah, go sign up. Absolutely. Mold Investigation Checklist, cnccontractorservices.com. And we will catch you on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.